0: One April Day by Mr. M. H. Spielman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. One April Day, Part One A Queer Godmother. It was the first of April. The weather could not make up its mind whether to be tearful or gay. So after changing three times, and deciding at last that it was not grown up to cry, the sun dried up the teardrops and beamed down on everything and everybody. "'Isn't it a shame, Wilfred, "'to have to prepare lessons "'when it's such a fine afternoon?' "'exclaimed Nora. "'She rose from the study table "'and looked longingly out of the French window, "'to where the crocuses on the lawn "'seemed to be having the best of it. "'Don't be lazy,' replied her brother. "'Just come and help me with this sum "'when I tell you. "'I'm not going to do as you tell me "'if you were grown up, say, fifteen. "'It would be different, "'but you're only a year older than me.' Not even nine yet. And yet you... hallo! interrupted Wilfred with a low whistle as he strolled towards the window. Look at that legs! Which? inquired Nora, gazing in the direction he pointed. Them's! What? she asked eagerly, looking around. None! Well, you are an April fool, exclaimed Wilfred with scornful glee as he resumed his seat. That's the second time today! And you're a very rude boy and you're not allowed to call me horrid names like that, said Nora with dignity, and I won't be teased always. With a very offended look, she set to work on her copy book. Lend me your paint box when we've finished our lessons, will you, Nora dear? said Wilfred, after a short pause. I can't, she replied without looking up. Why? I don't know why, but I can't. Cat in the manger, you've got nothing you want to paint, as I have there was a longer pause during which they both scribbled away and scratched and spluttered whilst their tongues moved silently from side to side outside their parted lips left to right following the direction of each new line then nora heaved a sigh and remarked wilfrid isn't cinderella lovely yes as girls go oh how i wish we lived in those times when there were fairy godmothers and things exclaimed nora rapturously and then she added with a sigh aunt lenora is my godmother but she never gives me anything and the godmothers in the fairy stories always give heaps of things you can't expect great fat podges like that to be like fairy godmothers you silly but she ought to like giving things how nice it is to give presents and be thanked yep it's nice to give presents when they are cheap perhaps continued her brother in a wise voice perhaps aunt lenora can't afford it if she isn't rich Cinderella's godmother never seemed to consider the price of anything. I wish—oh, how I wish— Oh, how I wish you'd be quiet and help me with this sum. You remember your tables better than I do, but you needn't be jolly cocky about it all the same. Nora wasn't listening to him. Her mind was far away from lessons. She was thinking, if she had her choice, what she would like to be, what she would like to do and eat, and above all, what she would like to wear. If only I had a fairy godmother! I— Rubbish! exclaimed Wilfred, growing cross and frowning as he watched her moving restlessly about the room. I, of course, I wouldn't refuse her anything. Fairy godmothers generally appear at first disguised as old women and ask for something, such as a drink of water or beg you to carry a load of wood or whatever they happen to have in hand. So I should be ready to do anything and give anything and earn my big reward. Oh, shrub, sure growled her brother. Much better lend me your paint box but she didn't hear him. Taken up with her fancies, she continued excitedly. I know what I'll do. I'll try and tempt her to come. Perhaps I may even have a fairy godmother without knowing it. And she began to dance about singing. Tra-la-la, fairy godmother, come to me now, I pray. Visit a little girl who is longing for you and will do anything you want. Tra-la-la, fairy godmother, come. It wasn't very good poetry, but Nora hadn't time to polish it up. Oh, I say, how can i do my lessons with all this going on exclaimed wilfred and flinging his things together he bounced out of the room and banged the door behind him nora wasn't sorry he was gone and danced once more all around the room singing then knelt down and stretching out her arms toward the crocuses which were so stiff and upright in their indifference she said plaintively come dear fairy godmother i want you and lo between Nora and the windows there suddenly appeared a little old woman in a long cloak whose features were hidden by the large hood she wore oh exclaimed Nora, almost breathless in her astonishment and delight i have come said the stranger in cracked wavering tones i am so glad to see you replied Nora politely too excited to feel shy i your fairy godmother am here to test you and see if you are really worthy see the slate which i have brought under my cloak Every little lady should be able to do arithmetic right. Can you do this sum? How funny, Godmother dear, said Nora, looking at it. We were just learning these. It's a difficult one, but I'll try. In a few moments, she had done the sum and proved it correct. Very good, said the fairy with a grunt of satisfaction. Will you take a drink of water? Now asked the hospitable Nora eagerly. Do. No, thank you, but I may take something else. Tell me what of all your treasures do you like most oh my paint-box i knew it i am glad you tell the truth how do you know it asked nora in surprise i am your fairy godmother i'll take that paint-box please nora brought it and gave it to her with the greatest pleasure and pressingly inquired if she might carry anything anywhere but that was not required then she stood waiting expectantly and her heart seemed to turn a somersault of delight when her fairy godmother spoke the following words i am satisfied now you may wish for whatever you like but you must make up your mind before i count three nora's eyes had followed her glance at the clock which pointed to one minute to three but her mind from the flutter of excitement she was in became a complete blank one said the fairy solemnly this brought the little goddaughter to her senses and she began to mutter confusedly shall i wish for a gold carriage like cinderella's or a pet lamb with a blue ribbon and a bell round its neck or a frock embroidered in diamonds, or two, said the fairy. No, murmured Nora hurriedly. If I were a queen, I could order those things and everything else. I wish, the clock struck three, I were a three, called out the fairy. A queen, screamed Nora, just the second after. Too late, said the fairy. Farewell. And she moved towards the door. Nora's eyes filled with tears. Please come back, she pleaded. I can't. Oh, why can't you? i don't know why but i can't replied the little old woman this sounded strangely in nora's ears and what sounded stranger still were the next words she heard uttered these were simply thanks awfully Then Nora exclaimed at once that's wilfred's voice she pushed aside the hood why you're wilfred she cried amazed and you're april billy he shouted with glee throwing off the long cloak you said you'd do anything and give anything for a reward and now you've had to do so without one, and bursting out laughing, he ran off with the sum and the paint-box. Nora sat down on a footstool and burst out crying. She was angry and disappointed, and she sobbed bitterly as she thought how she had been tricked into doing Wilford's horrid sum, how she had been made to give away her treasured paint-box, which she had envied for months, and worst of all a thousand times, how she had no fairy godmother after all, part two, the little flower girl. But Nora was a plucky little girl, and at times a wise little girl, and moreover she had a sort of feeling that it all served her right for being silly and dissatisfied, and too selfish to lend her paint-box. Wilfred certainly was a tease, but he was really a dear good brother, and always lent her his things, and did his best to champion her and get her out of a scrape. Still, she felt she would like to pay him out all the same. He'd had such a lovely time being fairy godmother. So she decided, like the weather, that it was not grown up to cry, and she dried her eyes. Then all at once she smiled and laughed outright, for an idea had come to her, which she proceeded to carry out. She certainly began to do some rather queer things. First of all, she took off her shoes and stockings. Then she untied the pink ribbon, which kept her hair tidy, so that her curls fell in a tousled mass about her flushed cheeks. Next, she took off her pink overall pinafore, which she hid away and gathering her white frock over her head, displayed a short red and white-striped petticoat. Running quickly about the room, she took all the violets from the vases, strewed some of them in the fold of her frock, which she held together in one hand, and put together a large bunch of the flowers for her other hand. Then she stepped through the open window, threw some sand upon her feet and ankles, and thus prepared, stood on the path outside, looked in and waited. Very soon Wilfred burst into the room, exclaiming, come and look at the healthy color i've painted on your big doll's pale cheeks oh nora he added looking round the empty room and now he became conscious of a little flower girl standing on the garden path and piteously offering him a bunch of violets nora had heard what he had said and felt vexed that he had dared to touch her big doll still she had not the affection for that stately lady that she had for the small invalid doll with the broken leg so she only said buy a bunch of violets sir he was a tender-hearted boy and at once fetched down his money-box from a shelf in the cupboard unlocked it and took out twopence which he gave her but then he felt awkward and refused the flowers an organ in the street started playing i can dance to that if you pay said the little girl thoughtfully eyeing the money-box how much do you want he asked three shillings she replied boldly that's all i've got that'll do then she said i want it so badly yes but not heeding his protest she stole into the room and began to dance to the organ as she had seen the poor children do in the streets her little bare feet twirling up slowly and descending with measured steps onto the soft carpet oh i say soon exclaimed wilfred with dissatisfaction my sister nora can dance better than that for nothing nevertheless he felt bound to empty his money box into the hand she now held out solemnly she made him a little bob of a curtsey. then she began to caper about the room in a very different sort of spirit and then catching hold of the astonished boy round the neck she kissed him hey sure up cried wilfred disengaging himself and looking sheepish oh you april goose sang nora april goose you're an april goose master wilfred and she uncovered her head and shook back her curls halloa exclaimed wilfred ruefully at first and then more cheerily ha do you think i didn't know you all the time did you really inquired his sister her eyes wide open with surprise no i didn't he replied curtly then nora's arm stole round her brother's neck and she put the money into his pocket and told him gently that she had only wanted to have a little bit of fun and he was welcome to use her paint-box only please not on her dolls then wilfred told her that she was a jolly good sort and that after all it was a shame to tease her as she couldn't fight him for it and nora hugged him and they both laughed and about how well they had pretended to one another the sun was shining still and when the children romped on the lawn the stuck-up crocuses didn't have the best of it after all end of 1 april day by mr m h spielman read by april 6090 california united states of america